Welcome to 1001 Radio Crime Solvers Podcast. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we want 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to be your favorite place to go to enjoy a great mix of vintage detective shows from the golden age of radio. The scripts were great, the action was hot, and even the old commercials are enjoyable. And now, another episode of 1001 Radio Crime Solvers is ready to go. Enjoy! What evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Once again, your neighborhood blue coal dealer brings you the thrilling adventures of the shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcefully to young and old alike that crime does not pay. It's blue coal for finest heating service. It's blue coal for finest modern equipment. It's blue coal for the best home heat money can buy. Actually, blue coal gives you more value for your money. It costs no more than ordinary coal, but because blue coal is cleaner, slower burning, higher quality, yes, the finest anthracite obtainable anywhere in the world... Blue Coal gives you more heat for each dollar's worth of fuel you burn. This year, insist on Blue Coal, America's finest home fuel. The shadow who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret the hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, When the Grave is Open. It is shortly after midnight. In a cemetery on the outskirts of town, two sinister figures pick their way carefully through the tombstones. This looks like it, Ryan. Fresh turned grave just about where Cole said it would be. You have to make so much noise. There's a caretaker in this marble orchard. Maybe he ain't exactly dead. You'd think it was a face body snatch digger. What's with you? Nothing. I just don't know what Cole has got in back of his skull. That always worries me. Meaning? How come he's so particular about getting this stiff for no other? Usually he just puts in an order for a stiff, and at that, this time, it's got to be this one. Why? As I get my dough, I ain't curious. Yeah, so I noticed. Okay, start digging. I'll keep an eye out for the caretaker. Yeah. Hey, the dirt's nice and soft. Won't take long. What's that? Someone coming, duck. What's going on, mister? No, don't move. I got a gun on you. No, don't shoot. Uh, I guess you got me. Oh, a grave robber, huh? All right. Let's get a good look at you. Now, turn around now. 
Okay, Ryan, you can stop sweating. I was beginning to worry, Digger. Thought you might have potted on me. I was getting behind. Oh, oh. What's the matter? I hit the guy too hard. He's dead. What do we do? What do you mean, what do we do? Cola's paying us for a stiff, ain't he? Okay, so we got a stiff. We got this one. Where's Cola? He should have been here by now. You told him we had the stiff, didn't you? I told him. What's he do with these stiffs he buys us of? It's about the sixth one already. Maybe he's making up a baseball team. Yeah, that may be him now. Uh, good evening, my friend. Bitter night. What? Hello, Colin. You're late. I trust I didn't keep you boys from anything. No, but we had to entertain somebody for you, and he, uh, he wasn't exactly good company. Oh, yes. You got what I ordered, you said? May I see it? Why not? Right here. Pull back the canvas, right? Okay. Well, surely there's been some mistake. This isn't the subject I ordered. <laughs> Must be you know him personally. Not exactly, my friend. However, I did know that he was lame. This subject isn't. The conclusion is obvious. Cover him up, Ryan. A matter of fact, Cola, we had a little difficulty. I see. Perhaps it will be safer if I dispose of our friend here through channels. Uh, suppose we make it 50 for this one instead of the usual 100. No, suppose we just let a ride call a sort of uh, on the house. I got an idea. We'd make a good combination as partners. How do you mean? I got an idea. A lot of insurance companies have been paying off much more than a century on our product. Hey, Cola? Blackmail, Digger? Blackmail such an ugly word, Cola. Let's say sales talk, huh? Now, wait a... But then, why argue? There should be plenty for both of us. Partner. So you see something sinister about an attempted grave robbery. Hey, Cranston? Yes, Commissioner. Particularly since the caretaker hasn't been seen since it happened. Lamont thinks he may have disturbed the grave robbers and they kidnapped him, Commissioner. Yes, I'm sure he does. Cranston never sees a simple explanation for anything that happens. Always something melodramatic. Well, take a look at this case, Commissioner. The grave was a particularly exposed one where the robbers took a great chance of being discovered. Why? You tell me. Well, I don't know. It was a pauper's grave, so there wasn't anything on the body they'd be after. Yet they deliberately picked this particular one where they were almost certain of being seen. Maybe the light was better there. Then you don't think there's anything behind these grave robberies, Commissioner? Vandalism, perhaps. Nothing sinister, I'm afraid. I can see we're taking up the Commissioner's time, Margot. Mm -hmm. Nonsense, Cranston. Always glad to see you. Socially. Drop in any time. Socially. I see what you mean, Commissioner. Now, let's go, darling. Goodbye, Commissioner. Goodbye. And, uh, Margot. Yes? Hide those detective stories he's been reading, will you? Huh. Detective stories. Maybe do him some good if he'd read some. <laughs> oh, don't be angry, darling. 
After all, the commissioner's a busy man, and maybe after all he is right. Maybe it is just vandalism. Nonsense. Something sinister behind these grave thefts, and I intend to find out what it is. How? I found out who the man was whose grave they tried to rob. So, to begin with, perhaps we'd better have a talk with his landlady. Surprise. Digger, what are you doing here? I told you never to come to my place. Now, is there any way to talk to a partner? I'm expecting my client any minute. There he is now. You mustn't be seen here. Huh? Quickly, in the other room. Okay. Coming. Oh, Mason. Come in. Come in, sir. Let's sit down. Sit down, sir. Thank you. <sighs> well, Kohler. I have good news for you, Mr. Mason. Mm-hmm. We're arranging for your death the night after tomorrow. Is that satisfactory? I think so. There'll be no hitches? None that I foresee. Of course, yours has been a rather difficult case. I know, I know. That's why I'm paying you $50,000. I expect there to be no slip-up. Naturally, sir, naturally. You'll hold yourself in readiness. Why, of course, man, of course. <clears throat> Here's the 25000 you wanted on count. I'll give you the rest. After I'm buried. Quite satisfactory, sir. Quite. Fine. Good day, Kohler. Good day, Mr. Mason. All right, Digger. Very neat, partner. 25 Gs. Now, uh, my share. Your share, dear partner, comes after we secure the subject. The one in the grave, you remember? The one you failed to get the first time. The lame one? Exactly. After all, we can disguise the features and plant all kinds of identification. But the man must be lame. Of course, partner. Consider it done. I'll have Ryan take care of it tonight. This time, there'll be no slips. You find the most fascinating places to spend your afternoons, Lamont. Where are we going, anyway? The man whose grave the vandals tried to rob last night lived here, Margot. His landlady should be right at the head of the stairs. Oh, if I'd known we were going calling, I'd have worn my long gloves. Here's the apartment. See, the doorbell says, Mrs. Gimble. Let me do the talking, Margot. You're hardly in a mood to win friends or influence people. Oh, what do you want? My name is Cranston, Mrs. Gimble. Oh, what? Everyone has some trouble. <laughs> Carry on, darling. I, um... Uh, I wanted some information about a tenant of yours. What do I look like, a stool pigeon? <laughs> nice going, darling. I've just begun, Margot. Watch this new technique. Now look, mister, I'm a baby woman. I just wanted pet. to leave my card, madam. I hope you don't mind the green color and that picture of Lincoln on it. My book. Well, why didn't you say so? Come in, come in, Mr. Sanson. Cranston. Sanson, Cranston, for five bucks it could be Joe Schmo, and you'd still be welcome. Come in, come in already. I can see Dale Carnegie made a lot of fuss about nothing. Carnegie? <laughs> I thought you said your name was Winston. Cranston. Now, about this rumor of yours? Which one? I got about a hundred. Only about three paid their rent, but I got about a hundred. The records say his name was Grabo. He died a few days ago. Oh, him. Yeah, yeah, I remember Mr. Grabo. Poor fella, he went just last week. 
All paid up? Did he have any relatives or friends? Any money or belongings? Was anything buried with him that belonged to him? What could have belonged to him? So he owned the clothes he was wearing. Was there anything peculiar about him? Anything unusual? No, nothing. Uh, only he was a little lame. Lame? I yes. see. Thanks very much, Mrs. Gimble. You've been very helpful. So long your name is Hanson, I can tell you anything. You see? <laughs> no, not exactly. What's my name got to do with it, Mrs. Gimble? So long it ain't Macy. The Gimble tell Macy? Hmm? <laughs> it's a joke, don't you get it? The Gimble tell Macy? <laughs> Lamont, are you sure it's important for us to be in the cemetery at this time of night? Of course, Margot. As I suspect the grave robbers wanted the lame man's body and no other, they'll have to come back. Now, the grave we're interested in should be right over there to the left of that mausoleum. Wait a minute. What's that? Someone shoveling. Quiet now. They've stopped. Come on, around the back of the mausoleum. Oh, Lamont, oh, I don't like it here. Neither do any of the rest of us. There's a grave over there. Someone's been digging, all right. Oh. Lamont! Lamont! We'll return to the shadow in just a moment. In the heating season that's just beginning, and which will last until next May... Get carefree heating comfort with a Blue Coal Temp Master. It's the greatest labor-saving device possible to have in your home. The amazing temperature regulator that opens and closes furnace drafts automatically. Of course, vacuum cleaners are great work savers. Washing machines are wonderful, too. But only a Temp Master is on the job saving you work and time 24 hours a day. Every minute of every day, it keeps your home comfortably, healthfully warm without the necessity of running up and down stairs to adjust furnace dampers. It saves time and trouble. But here's something else. A blue coal temp master will save money, too, by cutting down fuel consumption. A temp master can easily save enough fuel to pay for itself in a single heating season. Only blue coal dealers have them. Your neighborhood blue coal dealer will be glad to demonstrate the temp master for you. He'll show you how the temp master can be installed on any furnace easily and inexpensively. It is guaranteed for five years. Tomorrow, call the nearest blue coal dealer for a demonstration of the temp master in your own home. He's listed in the classified section of your phone directory. Now, back to the shadow. Lamont Cranston and Margot Lane, investigating a series of ghoulish grave robberies, are in a cemetery at midnight, when suddenly they are attacked. This one's a dame, Digger. She won't do any more yelling. That guy won't either. What? I don't know, but we better make sure they don't... Listen, do anything? Yeah, sounds like someone coming. Must have heard the dame yell. Feed it, this more than one of them. I told you to stay right here on this spot, Moran. Why, I, I thought I saw lights over near the gate and wanted to investigate, Commissioner. I have an idea that... Hey, look there. 
There's a woman's body. Yeah. There's a man over there. Good heavens. It's Margot Lane. Margot. Margot, can you hear me? How about him, Moran? Is he all right? He's okay, Commissioner. Margot. Margot, you all right? She's still breathing, no thanks to you. Weston, how'd you get here? We had an idea the grave robbers might come back here tonight to finish their job. Now, of course, you've scared them off. I'm sorry, Commissioner, really sorry. You all right, Lamont? Okay, I think. Thank heavens, I saw him hit you and you fell. Commissioner Weston. Hello, Margot. Commissioner, I never would have interfered, but you said vandalism... Never mind what I said. Don't expect me to divulge the department's secrets, do you? No, I suppose not. Moran. Yes, Commissioner? Seek Cranston and Miss Lane home and see if they stay there. Even if you have to handcuff them to the radiator. Digger, what are you doing here? I told you not to come to my place. This is an emergency, Cora. We ran into a stakeout. The marble orchard was loaded with cops. Oh, that does make things difficult, doesn't it? We gotta lay low for a while until the heat's off. I'm afraid that's impossible, Digger. All arrangements have been made for Mason to die tomorrow night. We must have a substitute corpse, a lame corpse. So we'll make one. What's wrong with that? Yeah, it's nice, Digger. Sure, we could use a caretaker's body. You still got that. All we do is fix it up a little. No. You saw Mason, he's a big man. The caretaker's too small. Yeah. Right. Uh, Ryan be a close to fit. Ryan? Your pal? Yeah, Ryan. He wouldn't mind helping out in an emergency. Lamont Commissioner Weston will be terribly angry if he knows we didn't stay at home tonight. Yes, I know, Margot. I want Mr. Poindexter to help in identifying someone for me. I got a glimpse of my assailant in the cemetery. He had only one arm. One arm? Are you sure? Positive. And I imagine an underworld contact like Mr. Poindexter could identify him for us. Mm, that weird little man. He... What are you stopping here for? This is where we're to meet him. The cellar? Yeah. Oh. Watch your step down. There he is at that corner table. Mm. Lovely, Miss Lane. I do declare how nice, how nice indeed. Sit down. Yes, yes, by all means, sit down. Thank you, Miss Poindexter. Well, you're looking well. Oh, indeed. Uh, uh, a little brew occasionally keeps one fit. <laughs> uh, relaxing preserves the tissues, you know. Mr. Poindexter, we're on the trail of a pair of grave robbers. Oh, very depressing career, grave robbing. Uh, you, uh, uh, you don't mind? No, of course not. Go right ahead. As I say, we're on the trail of two ghouls. One in particular has only one arm. Sad, very sad. Then you don't know him? Uh, uh, I didn't say that exactly, Miss Lane. Uh, seems I've heard of such a character. Who is he, Poindexter? Where can I find him? Oh, such haste, Mr. Cranston. Bad for the tissues, quite bad. Who's the one-armed grave robber, Mr. Poindexter? Uh, his name might be Digger. He specializes in grave robbing. Lost his arm when the heavy lid of a coffin crushed in one night. Where can I find him? Oh, 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 oh such haste. Such haste. Uh, uh, he, uh, he has a little hideout down near the river. An old warehouse opposite the tannery. I know the place. Come on, Margot. Right. Uh, you're, uh, you're sure you won't stop for some refreshment? I, no, thanks, Mr. Poindexter, but uh, possibly you'll have one on me. I'll order a refill on the way out. Oh, splendid, splendid. 
Splendid. Uh, good day, Miss Lane, Mr. Cranston. Good day. <laughs> your back, Digger. Sitting here with his stiffer company ain't exactly my idea of a good time. I brought company, Ryan. Good evening, Ryan. Oh, Mr. Coller. Just dump the stuff there, Coller. What's that? Some things will need to manufacture a substitute corpse for our friend Mason. Personal effects, kit of instruments, blowtorch, and the vice. Oh. Incidentally, Ryan, the caretaker's body is too small. Uh, you mean we we got to get another? Tonight? Not exactly. I think we can use one we've got right here, Ryan. What do you... You mean me, don't you? Don't you? Yes, Ryan. We mean you. Sit down, pal. It'll be easier that way. Oh, stay away, me. Don't be difficult, Ryan. Oh, get away. Come here, Ryan. No. Come here. No. 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 these men tried to get old Mr. Grabo's body. Why? Because he was lame. Then when they couldn't get it, they killed this man and mutilated him. Let's get out of here, Lamont. In just a second. His clothes aren't his. Apparently he belonged to the supposed victim. Maybe there's some identification. What's this? It's a wallet. Maybe it's his, Lamont. No, Margot, look here. Hmm? Special driving permit issued to R.H. Mason. 142 Fairway Drive with a notation that he was lame. Mason. You know him, Lamont? No, Margot. I have a feeling that the shadow will make his acquaintance very shortly. Mr. Mason? Who, who? Who said that? I am the shadow. I, I don't see anyone. Where are you? Right here beside you, Mason. Well, what, what do you want with me? I haven't done anything. You've caused two men to die. No. No, you're wrong. Two men died so that a lame corpse could be produced. Why, Mason? I, I don't know what you mean. Why, Mason? I wanted to disappear. I'm, I'm tired. I wanted to go away. 
But they told me they could steal a body, a body similar to mine. Then a fake accident and a burned body would be discovered and identified as you, eh? Yes. Yes, that's right. But nobody would get hurt, I swear it. Two men have already died, one in agony. Who did it, Mason? Who? Uh, his, his name is Kohler. He has a place on 75th near Martin Avenue. Shadow will deal with Kohler. But if you've lied, Mason, I will return and you'll answer to the Shadow. <laughs> Another drink, Digger? To sort of uh, celebrate? Don't mind if I do. Who's on your mind bringing me here to your place, Colin? I just thought it would be more pleasant. After all, we have a very unpleasant night's work before us. You mean take care of Ryan? <laughs> it won't take us long now. Then Mr. Mason takes care of us for the rest of our lives. Yes, and in your case, Diggers, that might not be too long. <laughs> Point a gun. I was thinking of saving Mason some money. Your share. You wouldn't cross me, Colin. I'm not. I'm well equipped to dispose of your body, Digger, and certainly nobody's going to miss you. Wait a second, Kohler. You didn't think I'd let you hijack me for a partnership, did you? I knew you wouldn't. You talk too much, Kohler. Just because I've got one arm don't mean I can't handle a guy like you. You do, huh? Yeah? I misjudged you, Digger. Well, I guess we might as well make a deal after all. You get your full share. My full share and yours, too, now, Kohler. If you're considering killing me, I'll tell you right now, it won't do you a bit of good. I <laughs> foresaw this possibility, and I've left a full confession naming you as my murderer in the event anything happens to me. Smart, very smart, Kohler, but not quite bright enough. What do you mean? If something happens to you, they won't look for me, Kohler. They'll think I'm dead. Because they're going to find what looks like my body. You won't get away with it. No, you disappear. They find a one-armed man badly burned. They won't look any further. You wouldn't do it. It worked with Ryan. It ought to work with you. Sit what? down. Uh, this rope does nicely. That... Uh -huh. uh, there. Now we'll take a look at these instruments of yours. No. No, no, don't. Shoot me anything but not there. Not there. Sorry not to accommodate you, Kohler, but bullet wounds are so hard to explain sometimes. Now... No! Don't! You don't. cry before you're hurt, Kohler. You're not... Who knocked that knife out of my hand? <laughs> the Shadow Digger. The Shadow comes for revenge. Thanks, Shadow. He was going to mutilate me. He was Say going to... thanks, Kohler. Shadow's only intention is to save you for justice. Nobody's going to save him. Uh, Shadow! Uh, uh, what? What's around my arm? <laughs> Nothing supernatural, Digger. Just an ordinary rope. We can't have you incapacitating the state's witness, can we? We want both you murdering ghouls alive when you step before the bar of justice. Now let me present Blue Coal's distinguished heating authority... John Barkley. Thank you, Andre Baruch, and good evening, friends. Before you actually need heat in your home, and that may be very soon now, your furnace should be cleaned, checked, and put into first-class condition so that you'll be assured of convenient, comfortable heat during the winter months ahead. And your blue coal dealer is the man to do the job for you. Blue coal dealers have special equipment, 
and train men to do a thorough cleaning job that's quick, dust-free, and inexpensive. They'll make any necessary minor repairs as well. Actual records prove that a clean, efficient furnace will sometimes burn 20% less fuel. Get in touch with your blue coal dealer before cold weather comes. Better call him first thing tomorrow. I thank you. This story is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that... The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in The Shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. The Shadow is presented by the DL&W Coal Company, distributors of blue coal. Lamont Cranston is played by Brett Morrison. Margot by Grace Matthews. Your announcer is Andre Barouche. Remember, it's blue coal for finest heating service. It's blue coal for finest modern equipment. It's blue coal for the best home heat money can buy. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Lamont Cranston, 
wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret, the hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, The Face. Why doesn't Dr. Wallen come? Dr. Wallen will be here in a moment, Mr. Wyndham. You must try to keep calm. Calm? How can I keep calm, Miss Rand? I've been living in a nightmare ever since that airplane crash. Six months. Six long months. With these bandages covering my face. Miss Rand. Yes? Do you... Do you think the operation turned out all right? Of course. You don't sound very sure, Miss Rand. Dr. Wallen is a wonderful physician, but, well, a, a younger man, perhaps a specialist in this type of plastic surgery would... Dr. Wallen is exactly the kind of surgeon I want. He's quiet and obscure. With him, there'll be no talk, no publicity. Of course, Dr. Chap- Wallen. Now you must be quiet, Mr. Wallen. You, uh, you do think everything will be all right, don't you, nurse? I know it will be. It's got to be successful. I've got to get back to the stage. I was just at my peak when the accident came, Miss Rand. I know, Mr. Wyndham. I saw you with Lona Mason in the Golden Court. You were wonderful. Oh, thank you, Miss Rand. You, you see how important it is that everything comes out. Oh, here's Dr. Wallen. Good morning, nurse. Good morning, doctor. Well, Mr. Wyndham, are you ready? Yes. Yes, Doctor. I'm ready. Mr. Wyndham, before we begin... Yes? I told you to begin, but we can't promise you a thing. Your face was severely burned, and and at best, it's a gamble. We can only hope. Well, let's get on with it. Let's get these bandages off. I I want to see. All right, nurse. Take the bandages off. Slowly. Yes, Doctor. Here, Mr. Wyndham. Hold this mirror so that you can see. Carefully, nurse. Slowly. Slowly. Let's see it. Who's next, Claire? Who's next? Don't you hurry. Can't you go any faster? Patience, Mr. Wyndham. Just three more layers now, nurse. Yes, Doctor. Let's see it. Now, two more. Brace yourself, Mr. Wyndham. I said, we don't know what you're going to see in that mirror. Now, nurse, the last pair of bandage. All right. Take it off. There. Darling, what's the matter? 
matter? Oh, yes. All through lunch, you just picked at your food. You invite Lamont and myself to lunch, and then you act as jittery as a... So you're waiting for the curtain to go up on opening night. Yes, I, I know, Lamont. There is something on my mind. I need your help. Well, Lona, we're all old friends. If it's a new play you want backing for, count me in. And me, darling. That last show you did was a hit to end all hits. Lona Mason and Hugh Wyndham. What's the combination? Artistically and financially. All the angels who backed that show grew golden wings. Oh, about uh, Hugh Wyndham. Oh, that man Wyndham. Lona, I'm no Bobby Soxer, but I almost swooned just looking at him. No man had a right to be that attractive. That's quite a mystery, his disappearance. Saw his face in a mirror after his operation and ran away from the hospital. Well, it was a year ago. Imago, Lamont. Yes. I, I know where Hugh Wyndham is. What? Lona, you found him? You've seen him? No, I, I haven't seen him. But I found out his address. And I talked to his landlady. Yes? He, he's hidden himself away from the world, Lamont. He lives in a rooming house in the slum section downtown. And for a whole year, he's never left his room. Seen no one. Good heavens. Lamont, Margot, I I'm going down there this evening. I'm going to try to talk to him. But I just can't bear to face him alone. I... Well, I, I need moral support. You want us to go with you? Yes, I... If you don't mind. Of course we don't mind, Lona. Pick you up tonight in my car at nine. You've been Mr. Wyndham's landlady for a whole year, Mrs. Hodge, and you've never seen his face? Never. The night he came to rent a room, he had his hat pulled way down over his face. I'll eat his meals on a tray near the door. All day long, he sits in there with the blinds drawn. At night, he sits in the dark. Good Lord, poor Hugh. The man pays his rent regular. He frightens me to death. I wish he would find some other accommodation. Yes, this room, this door on the right. Thank you, Mrs. Hart. We'll uh, call you if we need you. All right. Oh, Lamont. Easy, Lona. I... I've got to see this through. Oh, no. Who's there? Hugh, it's, it's, it's Lona. Lona. Lona Mason and some friends. Hugh, I... Let us in. I want to talk to you. Go away, Lona. I don't want to talk to anyone. Hugh, please. For old times' sake. I've looked for you day after day, week after week. And now, now that I've found you, I'm not going away, Hugh. Darling, don't you understand? I want to help you. All right, Lona. I'll let you and your friends in, but on one condition. Yes. We talk in the dark. Is that understood, Lona? We talk in the dark. Yes, Hugh. Very well. Come in. Come in quickly. Uh, oh, Lona. What do you want? Uh, Hugh, I... I have two friends with me, Miss Lane and Miss Cranston. How do you do, How do Mr. Wyndham? You, they're... You don't have to describe them. I can see them in the dark. My eyes are used to it. 
right, Lona. Why have you come? I've come to take you back, Hugh. No. I'll never go back. I... I couldn't stand this. To Wyndham, you can't bury yourself away like this. Sooner or later, you've got to show yourself to the world. Mr. Cranston's right, Hugh. And I... Well, I don't care how you look. You haven't changed just because your face may have. You've got the rest of your life to live, Mr. Wyndham. Soon you start acting like a normal person, the better. You've got to get back with people again, Hugh. Get back to the theater. The theater? Yes. You don't have to be handsome, Hugh. You had your great talent. Lona, if I thought... Perhaps if you turned on the light. No, no, I can't. Turn on the light, Hugh. Put us to the test. Let us see your face. Lona. Lona, I'm afraid. Be a man, Hugh. Be the man I knew. Turn on the light. All right. All right, I, I'll do it, Lona. But remember... I warned you. I warned you all. I... I've got my finger on the light switch now. But I'm... Turn the light on, Hugh. Oh, I don't want that. You asked for it. Remember, you asked for it. There. No. Oh, no. You. Look, now. you. Now you know. You saw my face. There's horror in your eyes. My ugliness sickens you. I put you to the test and you failed. Failed miserably. All right. No one's ever going to see my face again. You're here. No one. And those that have will live to regret it. It's Mrs. Hodge, your landlady. I'd like to clean your sitting room. If you want to lock yourself in your bedroom like you always do. Mr. Wyndham, are you there? Funny, no answer. Never goes out. Something must be wrong. I better go to see. Hmm. Door is open. Maybe if I just look here. Funny, the light is on. I better try the bedroom door. Good evening, oh. Mrs. Hodge. Oh no! no. I forgot to lock the door this time, Mrs. Hodge. Oh. I was sleeping and you awakened. Now, now you've seen my face. Pretty, isn't it? I... Women like you used to adore this face, Mrs. Hodge. But when they see it now, they have a look of horror in their eyes. The same look of horror that's in your eyes now. Mr. Indem, I... saw my face, Mrs. Hodge. But never mind. You won't have to look at it anymore. Mr. Indem, what are you going to do? I'm going to give you a new face, Mrs. Hodge. You and the other adoring women who looked upon me. I'm going to give each of you a new face. No. A new face uglier than mine. No. The face of death. No. Yes, Mrs. Hart. There. Oh, in her. 
morgue is as cold as an icebox, Commissioner Weston. Morgues usually are, Miss Lane. Commissioner said something about an unusual corpse you found in the river. That's right, Cranston. Body of a woman. Thought you might be interested in looking at it. Theatrical type of homicide you usually get involved in. Mm-hmm. We found this woman strangled with a sort of piece of wire, like gold around her neck. A gold wire? That's what I said. Here, I've got it right here in my pocket. Have a look at it, Cranston. Hmm. It's very interesting. Looks like a cord used for hanging pictures. Very unpleasant, if you ask me. Ah, here we are. Draw number 62. I'll slide it out. She's on the slab under the shroud. Take a look. Oh, Lamont, how horrible. Yes, it isn't very pretty, Margo. Face beaten so that it's impossible to recognize him. It's a curious idea the killer had using a gold cord. Could be some kind of symbol. Only part of this murder is what the coroner found. What was that, Commissioner? The killer strangled his victim first, and after she was dead, he beat her face in. But why? Why would anyone want to do that, even a killer? Very legitimate question, Margo. Why, indeed? Why are you hiding behind that tree? I wanted to meet you face to face. I don't know you. Let me pass. Oh, you know me very well. You were my nurse, Miss Rand. I don't believe you. Let me pass. Oh, you don't believe me. Just a moment, Miss Rand. I'll light a match so you can see my face. See for yourself. Remember me now, Miss Rand. You win. Yes. You looked upon my face once, didn't you? And I saw in your eyes the same horror I see now. But please, I... You helped give me a new face, Nurse Rand. And now I'm going to give you a new face. As ugly as mine. the value of modern labor-saving devices. Now let me tell you about an inexpensive installation that not only does more work, but which saves money as well. It's the new Blue Coal Tempmaster Automatic Heat Regulator. The Tempmaster brings you full automatic temperature control, entirely eliminating trips to the basement with just dampers. The Tempmaster is on the job 24 hours a day, seven days a week, keeping your home constantly at the same even healthful temperature. The temperature you set on the upstairs thermostat. Yes, the new Blue Coal Temp Master provides more ease, more comfort, and better heat for you and your family. 
And not only that, actual records prove that a blue coal temp master saves a lot of fuel. A temp master can easily pay for itself in fuel savings in a single heating season. Your neighborhood blue coal dealer will be glad to demonstrate the new blue coal temp master. There is no charge or obligation. Each temp master carries a guarantee for five years. Only blue coal dealers have them. So look in the classified section of your telephone directory, locate the nearest blue coal dealer, and call him first thing tomorrow. Now, back to the shadow. Hugh Wyndham, once one of the handsomest actors on the stage, has been hideously burned about the face. Half mad, he had murdered his landlady, and now the nurse of the surgeon who operated on him. It is the next day, and once again, Margot and Lamont, along with Commissioner Weston, view a corpse in the morgue. Look, Cranston, Slim, the same thing all over again. Strangled with the same kind of metal cord and the face beaten in. Cupped my men in a crowd and a prowl car picked her body up on a lonely street. You don't know who she is, Weston? No, it's pretty hard to make an identification in a case like this. It's horrible. She might have been attractive once, perhaps beautiful. But now... Yes. Well, I guess there's nothing more we can do here. I'll cover her. Let's get out of here, Lamont. Lamont. Hmm? Would you say, darling? What's happened to you? You were a million miles away just now. I'm oh, just thinking. That's about what? Gold cord. Gold cord. It's got hold of me, Weston. It won't let go. Must be some reason why the kill. Wait a minute. What is it, Lamont? I've got it. I think I've got it. I remember now the gold cord was the name of a play. Play? Lamont, yes. And the star of the play Yes, was... Margot, Hugh Wyndham. The gold cord was his greatest triumph. He played it at the old Globe Theater, brought him the adulation of thousands of women. And another thing. Yes, Lamont. Faces of these women were battered. And Hugh Wyndham's face... Oh, no, Lamont. Wait a minute, you two. Hold on. What's all this double talk about? Commissioner, in a few hours, I think we'll be able to identify your two corpses. <laughs> I just spoke to Commissioner Weston, Margot. Yes, Lamont. Hugh Wyndham's missing. And so's the landlady, Mrs. Hart. But, well, they found her. One of the murder victims? Yes. The first one. They identified her by her dental bridge work. And the second corpse? A woman named Anne Rand. She was Dr. Wallen's nurse, the uh, surgeon who operated on Wyndham. Yes. Margot, wait a minute. What is it, Lamont? There's a pattern here. This nurse, Miss Rand, saw Wyndham's face. We may assume now that Mrs. Hodge did, too. You mean he killed him because women had always idolized him? And now because his face... Yes. As far as we know, only two other women saw his face. Lamont, one was Lona Mason, and the other... Was you, Margot. No. Give me that phone. Phone? Yes. I just hope I'm not too late to warn Lona Mason.
Hugh, let me go. Let me out of here. The theater outside is dark and empty, but this room is bright now. Bright with memories. Wonderful memories. Hugh, please. Let me go. No. You wanted to see my face, didn't you? Well, now you see it. No matter where you turn, you see it. You can't escape it, can you, Lona? Hugh, this room, I can't stand it. Take me out of here. No matter where you turn, my face will be leering at you, mocking you with its ugliness. Please, you. Please, go away. Leave this room. Leave this room. Yes, yes, I'll leave it. On one condition, Lola. I'll do anything, you. Anything. I want you to phone Margot Lane and give her a message for me. No. No, you, I... I can't. I want you to tell her to come down here alone. But you're in trouble. She must not tell anyone. You understand, Tom? You. Well, my dear. Shall it be the phone call? Or shall we stay in this room? Will you leave the message for Miss Lane? Or do you want to continue to look at my face? Which will it be, Lorna? I'll get in touch with you later. Margot, here, try to get her next. Told her to lock herself in. Got to be careful now, careful. Hello, operator. Operator. I'm sorry, sir, but your party doesn't answer. Operator, there must be someone there. Please try again. Sorry, sir, but your party does not answer. Margo. Margo. Margo, are you here? The apartment's empty. Wait a minute, this pad on the table near the telephone. I bet he added something down on it. Globe. Globe, theater. You came right down here to help your friend Lona, didn't you, Miss Lane? But now, she's beyond help. Now you and I are together. Let me out of here. Let me out of this room. Don't you like it, Miss Lane? I like it. It's my old dressing room. I had these mirrors put on every wall. I could see my face then, no matter where I turned. As you can see it now. You're sick, Mr. Wyndham. You need help. I? 
No, Miss Lane. It's you who need help. Please let me go. I can't stand this. Let me out of here. No, no, no. <laughs> it's only a closet, Miss Lane. But as you see, there's a mirror in there, too. And my face. That's it. Try that room, Miss Lane. Go ahead. Pull the curtain aside. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a small costume room, Miss Lane. But there's a mirror in there, too. Mirrors. Mirrors everywhere. And my face. Please, please let me go. I, I can't stand it any longer. All right. Very well, Miss Lane. If you insist on escape, I will provide it for you. Old course. No. No, no. What's that? Who smashed one of my mirrors? <laughs> the shadow, Wyndham. Shadow. Last you here. Right. I don't see anyone. There's no reflection in the mirrors. The shadow is here, nevertheless. These mirrors won't be. I'm going to smash every glass in this diabolical room. Smash that leering face wherever I see it. Now the mirror in the closet. And now the last one in the costume room. I see the mirrors breaking. I see no one. No man can see the shadow, Wyndham. When they kill, they account to the shadow. You're human, Shadow, and yet you're invisible. Yes. Shadow, please. Please tell me your secret. Tell me how you make yourself invisible. Teach me a secret, Shadow, so that people can't see my face. No, Wyndham. Only the Shadow knows a secret. Only the Shadow will ever know. Shadow, I beg you. You forfeited your right to any consideration. You've killed, you were about to kill. You belong to the law now, Wyndham. I... Perhaps it's best, Shadow, that way. Perhaps it's better if the law takes my life. Death will be merciful quick. For death is darkness, and darkness can hide my ugliness forever. And now let me present Blue Coal's distinguished heating authority, John Barclay. Thank you, Andre Baruch, and good evening, friends. If you were going to take a long trip, you'd be certain that your automobile was tuned up and put in good condition before you started. Friends, the heating season is just starting. You're going to demand a lot of service from your heating plant before next spring. Better have it thoroughly cleaned and checked now by your blue coal dealer. He has the special equipment of the trained men who know how to tune up a furnace properly and how to make the necessary minor repairs as well. I suggest you telephone your blue coal dealer tomorrow. Remember, a clean, efficient furnace burns less fuel and gives more heat. I thank you. This story is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The characters' names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. 
Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. The shadow is presented by the D.L.N.W. Coal Company, distributors of blue coal. Lamont Cranston is played by Brett Morrison. Margot by Grace Matthews. Your announcer is Andre Baruch. Remember, it's blue coal for finest heating service. It's blue coal for finest modern equipment. It's blue coal... For the best home heat money can buy. That wraps it up for tonight's show at 1001 Radio Grime Solvers. We really enjoy good reviews, so when you have a chance, say something nice about a selection of shows, or maybe suggest some to us. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.